0: what's happening everyone welcome back to the dirty brawlers podcast today we will talk about errol spence and mikey garcia going at it on saturday night the storyline and the preview here on the show of course we're also going to talk about triple g's move to the zone and ufc fight night london darren till jorge masvidal the welterweight division will change that's a fact stick around ladies and gentlemen the dirty brawlers podcast starts now From the suburbs of the beautiful city of Chicago, my name is Alex Perez, and you are listening to the Dirty Brawlers podcast, the second episode of this beautiful podcast of my creation, hence why it is beautiful. I'm just kidding. Anyway, I have to say, before we start, before we start talking about the fights and we start the previews and we have the guests on and all of that, I have to come clean to you guys. And I made a massive mistake on on Sunday evening that could have costed us maybe having a second episode of the show. So um, I'm going to break the fourth wall here, wrestling term. I'm going to pull back the curtain and I'm going to bring you guys inside of my production studio. The Alex Perez production studio that is incredibly... Awesome, and um, just kidding, I have a bunch of moving blankets that cost me about $26. So, um, <laughs> I know, I know, you got to work with what you have, man, you got to be resourceful. Um, okay, so, I got to get to the point. We were about to record, Miguel and Ronaldo, well, we recorded, actually, we recorded part of the episode, the first segment of, of, of this show. We started recording. We had about 30 minutes of content. And it and I know my guy Mike Strauss hates the word content. I'm sorry, man. But that's what's, what came to my mind right now. Um, so, yeah, we had it recorded. It was all good. And keep in mind, everything is recorded on OBS via Google Hangouts because the guys can't physically be here. There is no way for them to be here. I only have one XLR input and only one microphone, hence why there's Google Hangouts involved in this. Okay, so I go back to check the recording, and there's nothing. It's only my voice, and I doubt you guys only want to hear my voice. I'm pretty sure you guys want to hear... Did you hear that voice crack? Yeah, you guys definitely want to hear a bunch of voice cracks. Um, so, yeah, it was just me, and it was hilarious because <laughs> I was having a conversation by myself, <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe how stupid I am. But anyway, the times worked. We made it work. The schedules worked to perfection. And we have an episode. Thank the Lord and Savior. Unless you guys are atheists and don't believe in that, then, you know, respect to you. But anyway, we have an episode. And this was an episode that we couldn't miss Mikey Garcia against Errol Spence this fight is so freaking intriguing it is unbelievable and then of course we have triple g's move to the zone what's going to happen there who's he going to fight when's he well he's going to fight in june is age going to be a factor is he ever going to be a world champion again does he have any fans left he probably doesn't have any fans left then of course we're going to talk about UFC fight night one of my favorite fighters in the ufc right now darren till is going to fight. So that's going to be pretty cool. He's going to fight Jorge Masvidal, Cuban, Peruvian, and from Miami. What a freaking combination of a man. But I'll shut the hell up and I'll have the guest do all the talking now. So how about we get started? Ronaldo Gonzalez joining the Dirty Brawlers podcast today to talk about Gennady Golovkin's move to the zone. And of course, he'll preview a little bit of the biggest fight in the welterweight division right now. Errol Spence and Mikey Garcia. Ronaldo, first of all, in front of our three people that listen to us, I'd like to apologize to you for my shitty mistake. I feel horrible because we already recorded this and... uh, yeah, man, I'm taking time out of your day. How you doing?
1: <laughs> no, you're not worry with it, and I'm doing pretty good. All right, just- man.
0: Yeah, yeah, just chilling, right? Good to hear. All right, so um, like we started yesterday, let's talk about Triple G and his move to The Zone. I think, like I mentioned previously, I think that was the best business move he could have made. But uh, I-, I know you had a pretty hot take. And you had strong words for Triple G and if you're kind enough to repeat them for the fans, that would be pretty pretty awesome for them to hear.
1: Oh well, I pretty much said that Triple G wash. He's pretty much done. If anything he has two fights left and left. like that he'll compete at a high level, I think he'll he has like two two fights in him. Um If anything, he should fight Canelo again, which I think that's why he signed with the zone. And he can also fight Daniel Jacobs. It just depends who wins this fight of Daniel Jacobs and Canelo. Probably the winner gets him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the fight that makes the most sense. And also, we have to take in consideration that by the time that Gennady Golovkin fights again, he'll be 37 years old. And I was actually reading something earlier today. I was reading that... Gennady Golovkin isn't gonna fight until June. So I think that'll give him enough time. Yeah, I, I I know. That's that's a lot of time, man. That last time he fought was in September. And then that that hype that he had behind him, that whole stigma, that whole aura that he had not stigma, I used the wrong word, that aura that he had behind them, that mystique just disappeared after he lost to Canelo, so and all the fans as well. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason all the fans just, oh my God, where'd they go? Um but I have to agree with you, man. I think he has two or three more fights left. And if he really wanted to make his career well the the end of his career the best that he could possibly make it, this was his best move. Um let me pitch an idea to you. Let's say, for example, you are um one of the executives at the zone. And I tell you, let's make a middleweight tournament. Let's make a tournament where Canelo and Jacobs are like, you know, they're they're a part of the semifinal or the quarterfinal, whatever. And then we have um, Triple G and whoever he fights next. I doubt he's gonna fight Demetri- Demetrius Andrade, honestly. I I, I really do. Um, so whoever he fights next. Let's make that little tournament, the two semifinals. What do you think about that tournament?
1: I think that would be a pretty good. That's like the best thing to do, actually. So the, I mean, the best is fighting the best. that you can technically put it, put it that way. Because, I mean, Triple G. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fight. A pretty much, I don't know who he will fight. He's gonna fight a nobody. And he should win that fight. I mean, Triple G's—he's a high caliber fight fighter, and he could still compete at a high level. But he's pretty—he's—he's he's old, dude, and I think he has to do it as soon as possible, or else his body's gonna take over him. So I think that would be the best option. If he—I mean, most likely he'll win, and then the Canelo um, Jacobs fight—that's the one that's—I think the winner of that fight would be Triple G. Again. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, and there's been a lot of discussion. I, I think that we agree on this one. I, I think Daniel Jacobs beat Triple G. If it wasn't for that knockdown, I think Danny Jacobs would have gotten the nod. Um, But but yeah, man, I mean, if you really think about it, and we talked about this yesterday, if you think about it, the zone has the best middleweights. Um, they have Canelo, they have uh Daniel Jacobs, Jaime Munguia, he's a young guy, but he yeah, has he potential could. yes he he's really good he has a bright future um and then of course we have uh david lemieux who can fluctuate in weight maybe um no nah, usually he fights at 160 I, I don't know why i mistake why i confuse him for fighting at 168 he, he's never done that you can bring up demetrius yep. Uh, no not demetrius um who am I thinking of? Um, I don't even know who I am thinking of anymore. But Charlo, no, Charlo's with, with yeah,
1: Showtime,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, Showtime, but... BBC, and Fox, all those guys. <laughs> but right there, if you if you want to get crazy, you can definitely get like a, a pretty solid tournament, like like similar to that idea that I pitched you, and you can bring in uh, it's Jamal Charlo who, um, who who would fight with these guys. Billy Joe Saunders, too. I mean, he's on ESPN, but still, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll be down to fight. You know, those British guys are crazy. Um
1: Oh, yeah. That would be the best fight for Bougie, I
0: think. Against Billy, if want, Billy Joe? If he
1: wants to showcase
0: yeah. his
1: skills and everything, that would be a perfect fight. And if he won the fight, he's back on top, I would say. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, because Billy Joe is... he's He's no joke, man. That dude... He he took David Lemieux to school and he, yeah, has, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. And I know you've never really been very high on David Lemieux, but uh but still he made him look pretty bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean that, I don't know. Lemieux is he's not a I don't know, class A type fighter. Thing he's like a class C, but I'm not going to comment more on that. <laughs> all right,
0: well, one more before we, we change topics. What do you think about this comparison? I think uh, David Lemieux and Lucas Matisse are very similar, just in different weights.
1: Correct. Yeah. There R- you go. Right? I agree. I agree. The totally power, on one-dimensional. It's... Yep. Exactly the same. Because I never Matisse was all that. He's just aggressive and stuff. But yeah, no, that's a perfect comparison right there. All right, well. As well on. as Danny Garcia. Oh, Danny yeah. Garcia is the same. I don't know. I've never s- saw a lot of talent on Danny Garcia. I don't know. Something about him doesn't impress me.
0: Well, we can talk about Danny Garcia later when he fights our boy Granados. Um, yeah. That's going to be a good fight, too. Uh, moving on now, Errol Spence and uh, another Garcia, Mikey Miguel Angel. Mikey Garcia, um, they're going to fight. And this is a fight that I think impressed all of us when it was made for the simple fact that the smaller dude rose up and said, I want to fight the baddest motherfucker at 147. And they're going to do it. God forbid anything happens, but they're going to do it. What do you think about this fight?
1: Uh, Mikey's a Mexican, so (laughs) no Mexican is going to be scared of this guy. Like... I mean, yeah. Like I said it yesterday. I think. I think I. To be honest, I think that Aero Sponge gonna make Mikey look pretty bad. And Mikey has a lot of skill. I like Mikey a lot. He's one of, I. I really do. But something about Aero Sponge tells me that he's gonna take him to school. In other words.
0: Wow, those are. Fighting words, man. I I, I think that I'm going to have to agree with you on the outcome because I really don't see how Errol Spence can get outboxed by a guy who's smaller than him. And we had this discussion already how Mikey Garcia is very good in the pocket. He rarely gets hit when he's in the pocket, but he's fought people who are boxers who are smaller than Errol Spence. And you you also have to mention, and, and we have mentioned this uh, you know, for, for a long time, and we've been talking about this throughout the entire lead-up, Errol Spence's bodywork is probably the most effective bodywork, the most grueling body shots that you can possibly receive in a ring. So yeah. add... If if you bring into the equation Mikey Garcia fighting in the pocket and having to fight in the pocket because he doesn't have the reach advantage, he doesn't have the height advantage, he has to come inside. and Errol Spence's incredible height difference, which you might say, well, it's only three and a half inches. Well, when you're in there. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. Of an advantage that Mikey Garcia is giving up, but props to him for, for not really giving a shit about, about the the, the disadvantages the disadvantages he might he have a,
1: himself. he might have a really good game plan and he might see a lot of um, I don't know he might see a lot of mistakes that Aero Spence does that we don't see and maybe that's why he took the play because he's yeah. pretty confident. Like Miguel said yesterday, yes, he, he's he's really confident of, about this fight, and it, I mean, it impresses me because I don't I don't see a lot of chances for Mikey. But I mean, if he gets inside the pocket yeah, and he's aggressive all night, he can win. But he has to be aggressive all night, throwing a lot of punches. Uh yes, he, he has to be like a, a little uh, like Maidana, I would say. That's how he has to come out
0: yeah yeah and I mean if there's anyone that has a game plan for that I think it's the Garcias they had a pretty good game plan against Floyd that first time with Maidana and then against Broner so if it's anyone it's him that can do it. it's Mikey Garcia that can pull it off against Errol Spence and we were talking a lot about that the, the footwork how he's always in position to land a good shot how do you think that will benefit Mikey Garcia going into the fight? His his, his impeccable, I would say, footwork.
1: Uh, I mean, it benefit him a lot. Then it will affect him because the time he went down, I don't know, he, but it was it was because of his work. He did a silly mistake, and when someone has good footwork, it's like Lomachenko against Linares. He has amazing mm, yes. footwork, Lomachenko, right? Yes. Lomachenko took one bad step. He I don't know what he did and he paid for it. Lenares countered on him. I don't know I don't know what what exactly Lomachenko did, I can't remember, but he he ended up in a bad position instead of a good position and he got countered and he paid for it. So same thing here. Um, it could be beneficial but then it could be It could affect him in a way.
0: Yes, and also, Errol Spence, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a southpaw. Correct. So, and I I believe the only time that Mikey Garcia was dropped was against a southpaw. So, this... Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the feet get tangled, and then Lomachenko, too. He's a southpaw. His feet got tangled against uh, Jorge Linares, and southpaws just have just a lot of weird ways to to get around. And they're very tricky. But if you can figure them out, then it is difficult. And I'm... um...
1: I actually feel like, I don't know, for an orthodox fighter fighting a southpaw, I feel like the orthodox fighter can sneak in a lot of right hands. It's like a perfect match. I think it's the same way both ways. Yeah, It's just that an orthodox fighter is not really used to it getting jabbed by that right hand. So that's pretty much the only difference. But other than that, I think I think it's 50-50. Yeah, let's see how it is.
0: All right. So in a perfect world, and I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but in, in a perfect world, um, Mikey Garcia, keys to victory. What, what does he have to do specifically to win this fight?
1: Uh, I think he has to... This stay off the ropes <laughs> for sure yes. you have to stay off the ropes um, be aggressive on the inside um, I know I know Aeros punch is going to be on the outside that's that's going to be his on the outside in the middle middle of the ring I recommend for Mikey to try to close the ring on him and be aggressive go downstairs a lot and throw a lot of overhand rights because I think he will land a lot of overhand rights.
0: How do you see this fight ending? Uh
1: Aero Spence in 11.
0: Okay. You haven't changed your prediction in 24 hours, so you're sticking <laughs> <No>. to it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I like that. You know, um I think it's just it, it it's going to be such a good fucking fight and I can't believe we're getting it. That that is awesome. So, uh yeah, we'll probably be here next week again to talk about about what happened in the fight Ronaldo. You want to plug anything away?
1: uh just hit me up on instagram god of chicago all together exactly how it sounds if you don't know how to spell you're fucked <laughs> but, yeah sounds good
0: <laughs> all right my man thank you very much enjoy the fights. sounds good and now miguel ocampo joins the dirty brawlers podcast not only is he knowledgeable in mma we're gonna talk some boxing we're gonna keep the same topic from last segment Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence. Miguel, first of all, thank you for joining. And um, let's talk about this fight, man, because it's so intriguing. And again, like the listeners already heard, we had this conversation already. So we're going to have it again. What do you think about about this fight?
2: Well, first off, Alex, thank you again for having yes, sir. me on here. You know how much I, I like talking about these sports. And... Um, when it comes to this fight, it's man, it's as it's as tight knit as it gets. To be honest with you, um, you know we've seen Earl Spence the tear he's been on. He's been on a streak for the longest. Uh, so has Mikey. Mikey's undefeated. You know, so you, it's so rare to to receive it. We got like we got the Tyson Fury and Wilder fight not too long ago, and you know you, they weren't. Um, I don't, was Fury? Yeah, Fury was
0: undefeated, right?
2: Wow. So they were both undefeated? Yeah, they
0: were both undefeated, right? correct. Yeah.
2: So you saw how, how big that fight was and how much it really paid. So that that's that's almost like what's to be expected of this fight also. So it's almost when the fight was announced, it's a guaranteed banger, you know? And rightfully so, because these, these are two guys that are at the top of their game, in their physical prime. um, And yeah, man, these guys are just so evenly matched, and it's just it's it's really hard to 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 it's hard to break it down and not just get excited and thrilled for it you know and it's right around the corner so man we're getting ready
0: yeah we don't we don't really get these fights often in in, in boxing and we've gotten a lot of good fights and we still have a few left uh going towards the middle of the year um but overall your thoughts on this fight uh the the actual fight you know um of course, a big big storyline going into this contest is that Mikey Garcia is giving up a massive advantage in height and in reach. Do you think that's going to play a big factor in the fight or is he going to find out a way to completely just get over that advantage over the wall that disadvantage and win the fight?
2: You know, I think in a different style, as different fight stylistically it would matter a ton but stylistically because mikey likes to move in and out and uses his footwork a lot it won't affect him as much as it would affect somebody like Spence with, who moves in who doesn't move in and out too much and stays in the pocket and where range really starts to factor in because you're fighting for foot position you're not moving too much so you know your your reach is really it's consistent What's more important to me is the weight, you know, because this guy is going to receive punches from Spence to the body that he hasn't received in the past. And those, I mean, they don't look like they, they, they're they too pleasant, you know?
0: No, not at they all. End
2: up de- they end up deciding the fights for Spence most of the time. So Mikey being, abs- being able to absorb any punishment
0: gets tricky. Yes, and that's what Ronaldo and I were talking about on the segment before. We, we were talking about how Errol Spence's bodywork is probably the best in boxing right now. So um, this is a very, very big task for, for Mikey Garcia. But if there's anyone that can pull it off, I think it's him. What do you think Mikey Garcia has to do to pull off what to for what some people people consider an upset? What do you think Mikey Garcia has to do? How does his game plan need to look like?
2: I think he really has to throw uh, Spence's tempo off. He really has to utilize his movement as much as he really can, because that's going to be his biggest weapon against Spence. Is that uh, Spence? Although he does have good footwork, he stays. He tends to stay stay inside in the pocket, or he te- he tends to really plant himself before firing anything important. You know, and to where for his weight class, he's a little quicker than most. But then again, he's going down to he's not going down but he's facing somebody that naturally moves a lot quicker you know it's something's got to give so that's the that's going to be his weak point and so yeah mikey mikey that's going to be his biggest weapon and i think let's be let's let's be real here he if he wins it's going to be by decision and so that's what's going to give it that's what's going to give him uh what's good that's what's going to get him on the good side of most of these d- judges
0: yeah, and uh, I uh, I think that adding to your point, if Mikey Garcia wants to pull off a decision win in Texas against Errol Spence, he's gonna have to be busy from the start. And I I know when we previously recorded this, uh, you know, before all 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 of my fuck ups happened, you asked me <laughs> what. Um, what Mikey Garcia had to do, if he had to come out aggressive, and I said yes, and I still stand by that. Because if Mikey Garcia takes a few rounds off, those are the same rounds that Errol Spence is probably going to be winning. He's going to be racking up points. And more importantly, he's going to be hitting to the body a lot. And those punches, like you said, they're not very pleasant. I'm, I'm pretty sure no punch is pleasant at all. But Errol Spence to the body, he can, he, he'll take rounds out of you. So he-
2: puts on bigger guys like what was that? he puts down guys like Kel oh, okay. he puts down bigger guys he puts down guys like Kelbrook mm-hmm. and you know these are bigger guys that he puts them down with he puts them down with body work in no more than like 6 rounds you know he's done it before mm-hmm. and so that's i mean jesus you know the power that that guy possesses on a smaller guy it's it's almost hard to picture
0: yeah he's he, he's like a bully in there you know, he just he just pushes people around. He does what he wants, but he he doesn't do it. You know, it, it it's natural. It's natural to him. He doesn't force it. It just comes out. He he's, he's an aggressive guy, and it yeah, works he's for really technical. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I think something else that we have to mention is that if there's anyone that can fight in the pocket without getting hit. It's Mikey Garcia, because we've seen him against guys, and you gave an example yesterday, uh, against a guy like Broner, who, you know, he's not as busy as we would expect him to be with the power and the speed that he possesses. But either way, he's very dangerous. And he survived, and he beat him decisively. There was no BS decision or whatever. He beat him decisively. So if he did that against Broner, then I think... Mikey Garcia has a pretty good chance against Errol Spence. And again, in no means are we comparing Errol Spence and Adrian Broner. These are two completely different classes of 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 boxers. Talent, I think they're very close, but you know, these are two completely different classes of of fighters. Alex.
2: I did say that yesterday
0: and you made it sound better than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh i had 24 hours to clean yeah up no, that's, ex- that said, huh? that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> yesterday you know yeah. Yeah,
2: i think you probably understood what i meant more than i did but oh, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah that's why i brought it up yeah no exactly he stayed in the pocket with guys like adrian and adrian has some gifted fucking hands you yes know? this guy but, I mean, the, uh, the fact that he doesn't use them is completely something else, you know? Mm. But he does possess, like, some serious power. You saw how he had left Maidana when he was desperate, after, yes. like, on the verge of his first loss? That mm-hmm. was a real man's panic. And so he went to work on Maidana, and he left him with some damage, man. Like, Maidana was talking about it afterwards. So he was able to sit, like, you know, that's that's not Errol Spence damage, but that's damage. And he, he sat in there with a guy like that and you saw him after the fight he didn't look too bad
0: yeah 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 Mikey Mikey's a he's a tough guy just put it that way he's a tough guy and he survived against guys that can bring it and not only that he's been knocked down before which brings me to my next point he well he got knocked down and he got back up and he won the fight um you know just Mikey Garcia being Mikey Garcia but we talked we talk a lot about Mikey Garcia's footwork and we we praise it quite a lot, but it was his footwork that got him knocked down that first time. And then Ronaldo brought up a great example. Uh, he talked about Vasily Lomachenko getting dropped against Lenares. Lenares didn't really clip Vasily Lomachenko. He kind of tangled up, the, the, the two feet tangled up, and he just caught him off balance, and he put him down. If... Errol Spence were to drop, drop Mikey Garcia do you think it'll be because too much fancy footwork or is Errol Spence's power just way too much
2: I think it would have to be well it would have to be a bit of a combination of both I don't think Spence can set up traps as good for somebody like Mikey but I do think Mikey with that same confidence that he um, he's going to go at Spence I feel like that same confidence of his success attacking will channel to his defense to where he might. I just, I, I it is something that I can see happen maybe. You know, like he just makes, it takes one bad decision. It's a mixture of him making a not so bad decision, but Spence taking advantage that well on decisions like that, on um, on mistakes, on his opponent's mistakes like that. To the point that he catches him, you know. I feel like he can't do those like minor mistakes, you know, because somebody like Spence is going to recognize those. And one one heavy one heavy clean hit, and you're down, you know, wherever
0: it might land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, staying in the same realm, though, do you picture any of these guys getting absolutely outclassed? It's a possibility, but I'll, I'll tell you my my answer to my own question. Hell no. This fight's going to be way too close. What do you think?
2: I think the same thing. I think it's going to be um, I don't I wouldn't consider it an outclassing. I think um, I think if it ends the most emphatic way I could think of it would be if Mikey has a good round or two but gets uh TKO'd within the next within the 8 rounds. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I could see him dealing well with the footwork but once spence puts hand puts leather on him does some body work i feel like it's gonna tax mikey very quickly unless he um you know unless he avoids it of course but yeah that's the most drastic win i see is spence just overwhelming mikey on the ropes or just with his body work and with his damages as a whole
0: and it's very possible because that's how majority of Errol Spence's wins have uh, have come. He is uh, he's a guy that just likes to smother people. Um, but one more before I let you go, Miguel. And this is more of a personal question that I have for you because I, I, I know you understand the science in, in sports. When you add muscle to your body, in this case, Mikey Garcia, he's moving up. He's been training a little bit differently, training with with weights. Uh, of course, keeping the boxing as the priority because that's what he's getting paid to do. Um, does adding too much muscle in a in a short period of time affect your body more than it can actually benefit, or is that a complete myth because i've heard and i've seen athletes who add a lot of muscle to their bodies who add a lot of weight to their bodies in a short span of time get injured often their bodies are weaker their muscles get weaker hence why they get injured so what do you think is it dangerous to add so much weight in a short period of time
2: uh it's not something i would classify as dangerous but Oh, well, if dangerous if you meant by like being an actual fight yes but it, oh, like, yeah of course <laughs> to, to your own to your own body it's not dangerous to add weight to add muscle like that but personally uh just from experience and from i guess my experience in watching these in watching sports i think it does and with you know there's a lot of science that's behind it but put in short for you i think in that short in that short span of time it is it it's it hinders your performance more than anything else more than any gain that you can have you know especially somebody like mikey that doesn't really rely on punches that are in a specific like uh muscle-based posture but um yeah and that short period of time it, it messes with your mobility it messes tightens you up a little bit um, definitely tightens your hips you know it's hard for your hips to shift more weight around like that um which you know and any any anybody i'm sure ronaldo would agree you know that you know when your hips have more to push around it's you know you get a little tired a little quicker and your punches aren't as smooth anymore you know so it's more weight to move around it's um yeah it, it gets really really deep in in the uh in science, but I'm not going to go too into that, honestly. But, you know, I'm a little rusty with my science. But, but yeah, man, I, I think it definitely does slow you down. It's more weight to move around. Uh, You're not fluid with your movement. You get tired. It's more weight. It's more um, oxygen to get to the muscles. It's it's not easy. And especially not when you're taking damage, you know, which he's going to get hit at least a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a very brief and precise way to put it. You know, I'm pretty sure everyone... Mm-hmm understood that because to put it in, in perspective even more for for people listening one thing is to add muscle throughout the span of a year let's say you want to add like i don't know 15 pounds of muscle you you work out moderate to you know you're there you're in the gym you're working out four times a week maybe and another thing is to go from one what was mikey fighting at 140 a year ago or even less than a year ago a he year was he one
2: year ago forward. i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure he wasn't at 135 too long ago
0: yeah okay so let's say for example he just he had to add...
2: i mean these are serious jumps he's making man Yeah. like he was he's a 135 pounder i think when yes. when he got most of his success uh,
0: yes and and i'd say a, a a 135 pounder that's on the taller side because usually if you're 135 pounds you're really not going to be more than 5'7 or even 5'8 you might be stretching it that's that's someone that's seriously skinny but you're right man the the jumps that Mikey Garcia has been making I mean Broner tried to do it and he once he got to 147 (laughs) that's when I think he, he was like all right maybe this isn't my weight maybe I'm too small um but they're really an an example of someone doing it clean, moving up in weight like like that, like Mikey Garcia has been doing it keyword clean. I don't remember one. <laughs> I don't remember one, and I know Ronaldo would fucking bury me right now for what I just said, but <laughs> but i I really don't remember one, and it is very different when you're adding muscle and pounds to your body in a span of a few months compared to what we. The quote-unquote normal human beings would do. We're not athletes of of such a high standard, or or, or whatever you want to put, or, or whatever ca- category you want to put these athletes in. But you know they they're at a very high level, so it is a yes, little sir. bit different, and that just adds more to a hypothetical Mikey Garcia victory. We just. And, well, we haven't done it. A lot of boxing ex- experts have followed us as well and said there's a lot against Mikey Garcia. There's so much. He It's such a tall order, man. If it's, he wins, insane, but... that's massive. It's massive if he wins. It's such a big achievement. Just, I mean, I, I wouldn't go crazy and say that he can retire after a hypothetical <laughs> win, but... I mean what else can you do? Are you gonna take out all the one hundred forty seven pounders what like
2: uh, no i did that's where that's where I feel like a fight between him and Loma is off like oh my gosh, like yes. it's insane,
0: but make it like <laughs> at one forty. That's
2: if he wins. That's if he wins. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, We're getting ahead of ourselves because Spence is the favorite. And to be (sighs) fair, I I haven't mentioned my prediction yet. I think Errol Spence is going to win. He's gonna he's gonna edge out uh, Mikey Garcia by a couple points, and that's about it. So Miguel, I need to ask you your prediction. Who do you think is going to win? Why and in what round?
2: Oh man, I I'm gonna go with my gut and go with uh Mikey by decision but okay. you know if, it, right. if it yeah I mean, that's just what my gut tells me, man like uh-huh. I it's not like it's not by stats or my mind telling me or anything else but it, something about it you know just makes me pick Mikey but um yeah I think he I think he can uh he can stay away from the heavy from the heavy hands of uh, Spence. He can avoid the traps with his footwork and edges way out. But again, like I repeated, like I said, uh, like I said yesterday, I do see, you know, I don't rule out the fact completely that Spence could very well just overwhelm him. Uh, Mikey could get himself in a bad exchange. Either of those, I, you know, I do. If, if Spence wins it, I think it would be inside eight rounds or so, you know, I think he will he'll, he'll be home early, but, um, but, yeah, I hope it's I hope it's Mikey.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you go. Miguel Ocampo joined the Dirty Brawlers podcast. Thank you very much, my man. Enjoy the fight. Thank you, sir. You do the same. Yes, sir. We'll probably get together to watch the fight, though. Yes,
2: I, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: like we always do. We make yes. it a tradition now. All right, Miguel. Saturdays are for the boys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, man. All right, man. Yeah, of course. Mike Pendleton joining the Dirty Brawlers podcast for the very first time. We're going to talk about UFC Fight Night in London. Mike, how's it going, my man?
3: It's going, man. It's kind of hard to uh, focus on this London card when uh, NFL free agency is going crazy and uh, birthday on Sunday. But they will fight on Saturday. So uh, it's going to be a hell of a week. It has been a hell of a week. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad you're having a good week and a good birthday week. You're having uh, your birthday, uh, St. Patrick's Day?
3: Yeah, a little too much, man. Oh, I man. T- I tell everybody it's the worst birthday to have once you hit 21.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That must be a fucking shit show. Holy
3: crap. <laughs> oh, All it right. is. It is. That's the nicest way to put it.
0: Yeah, the, the, wow. If shit show is the nicest way to put it, then I don't even want to dive into anything else. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, uh, let's talk about UFC Fight Night uh, in in London. Of course, Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal, the main event. Overall thoughts on this fight? What What do you think? What What did you make of this fight as soon as it got announced?
3: Uh, I think it's a good challenge for Darren Till. Obviously, you know he's coming back uh, after his title lost to or title fight loss to tyron woodley um you know jorge mazala is a guy who's always been right there um i truly do think that this will be a test to see and i darren till and, and everything i've seen leading up has looked good from a weight cutting standpoint but if this fight doesn't work out for him i mean i would not be surprised if we start hearing talks of him officially moving up to middleweight um you know look he's Suffered one loss, and that's it. You know, I don't think Darren Till's a bad fighter. I don't think he's not a contender in the welterweight division. I actually think with Tyron losing, which I I didn't think was going to happen at the welterweight division uh, once he became champion, I think we now have a division that's wide open. I don't think a win over Mazlittal would get Darren Till a title shot, but it puts him right back into contention. So, you know, the, the thing I like about this, it's like a nastier version. Of uh, silver's cowboy because cowboys, cowboy, he'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, but sometimes he doesn't always show up, and sometimes he doesn't put everything into it. Masvidal's not that same guy. Masvidal's gonna come to fight. He's gonna show up. It's not gonna be a boring fight. It's probably gonna be a a, a dirty brawl. A little plug there. Hey, right? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this fight, man. I I don't again. I don't think it means title eliminator. I don't think we we see a a challenger come out of this fight. But uh I think we're going to see a lot. I think it's going to tell us a lot about uh, each individual fighter.
0: Okay, well, uh sticking to Darren Till, and you mentioned something about him moving up in weight and making it official now because he talked about it and he's right back at 170. So what the hell was that all about? But how do you think a, uh, a jump in weight for him would look, assuming that he loses, which... The odds are in favor of him winning, but just for whatever reason, let's say he has an off night, he loses, he moves up in weight. What what does he do? Who does he challenge? What's going to happen with Darren Till at 185?
3: Um, You know, I, I don't want to jump the gun and say, I think this is the fight for him. I think that is the fight for him. Look, I, I, listen, I truly believe. Now, I say he could move up to welterweight, right? But man, where would he fit in? maybe a Derek Brunson, Apollo Costa, maybe a Chris Weidman, or maybe even a guy like a David Branch. Um, You know, just because he contended at welterweight does not mean he's jumping in to the top five at uh, middleweight. I mean, you've got murderers row up there with the champion Whitaker, obviously you have Gaslam and Adesanya fighting for the interim title. You have Romero and Jacare fighting each other. So, I don't know that he necessarily just slides right in. Um, but this is the time for Darren Till. If he wants to show that this is where he belongs, he can cut the weight properly. He can make weight. He can move. And look, I, I say that because I'm not cutting the weight, right? I understand how incredibly tough it is to make weight. Yeah, of course. Um, but I I think if... If we don't see a full, and I don't mean in fighting, I mean physically full, Darren Till, and, and we hear struggles, I think that's when we start looking at should he – listen, he's, he's ranked 30, and he's taking on Jorge Maslow, who's ranked 11th. This is nothing more than just a great fight. Um, like I said earlier, I don't think it has true title uh, implications in it, but uh, I think more than anything, we're going to see, does Darren Till belong in, in welterweight? And does uh, Jorge Masvidal belong higher than 11? So I I think, to be honest, to answer the question, I think if if Till did move up to middleweight, we're looking at a guy in the top eight, top nine maybe, uh, because I don't think you could just come in and insert him in against the Romeros, the Jacare's, the Adesanya's of the world.
0: Yeah, he would have to earn his spot like... uh... He well, I, I wouldn't say that he earned it much at welterweight. He got a big win against Cowboy, which kind of just shot him up to superstardom. And then, uh, he got that win against uh, Wonder Boy in his hometown of, of Liverpool. Darren Till did so. Uh, now moving on from Darren Till to the other part of the main event, Jorge Masvidal, what does he have to do to beat Darren Till?
3: Listen, I think you know, on the ground. And I'll never question Jorge Masvidal in any sense. But um, I think we saw you can get Darren Till. If you can get Darren Till to the ground, you can win the fight. Now, um, with that being said, Tyron Woodley or Jorge Masvidal is not Tyron Woodley. And I say that with all due respect. I'm not saying that, um, you know, I and mean, we saw Tyron get his black belt in his win over Darren Till. Um, Jorge Masvidal is a guy who has just two submissions in his professional career. Um, He's either going to go to his decision in a brawl, a dirty brawl again. I'll I'll drop that for you. Let's go. Um, Or or he's going to knock you out. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. He has a great team down there, an American Top Team. Um, I love that whole team down there. Uh, But this is a guy who's got to prove it to himself, in my opinion, right? He's coming off a two-fight losing streak. Uh, to Damian Maya and and Wonder Boy, uh, both decisions. The Maya being a split decision, but before that he was on a three fight win streak. So it's it's a streaky Jorge Masvidal, and I think that's why we see him right outside the top ten. Um, this is a perfect fight for him because Jorge Masvidal is a guy obviously came up in the in the backyard brawls. Uh, of the Kimbo Slice days mm-hmm. is the guy who's going to come to fight. He's not trying to point fight you or figure you out. He's just going to fight you. Um, but then you look at what could be next, you know. I I think when you when you talk about this fight for Jorge Masvidal, I think you also look at the co-main, I guess is also a good uh, segue, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. You, you see Leon Edwards and Gunnar Nelson, and it's like, well, I could see Jorge Masvidal taking on the winner in the co-main if he wins, but I could also see him taking on the loser if he loses. So I think no matter what, we're going to see Jorge Masvidal against either Leon Edwards or Gunnar Nelson. And again, that's just me, uh, you know, throwing something out there. But I think in the welterweight division, who knows who uh, or Steven Thompson's fighting Anthony Pettis next. RDA and Santiago Ponzanibio have been rumored back and forth. We're hearing Ben Askren and Rob La- Robbie Lawler rematch. And then obviously Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. Who knows? Who, who knows um, where, what is Tyron Woodley doing? So I, I think Jorge Masvidal lines himself up with the co-main event.
0: All right. Well, I mean, Jorge Masvidal, you, you brought up a great point right now. You, you said that he hasn't fought since November he, of 2017. So he's been out for a while, and he's a very streaky fighter, like you mentioned as well. So I think that that's going to play a big factor. Would you agree with me that the whole ring rust um, coming back from a long layoff, it might take him a few minutes? To get back into that rhythm of fighting at such a high level, or do you have a different take?
3: Well, I'll say this, man. You know, the, you talked about Darren Till's fight in Liverpool against Wonder Boy, and that's like a guy who, you know, you're you're excited to see that fight, but then you're Darren Till, and you're not so excited because you gotta be cautiously optimistic, you know, um, cautious in your approach. Because you don't want to take one of them Wonder Boy kicks to the face, and then everything's messed up. You got a lot of emotion behind you. You're fighting in Liverpool. It's I believe that was his first main event. You know there there's a lot riding on uh, that fight. But now now he's got a guy. Uh, they both have each other right. They they're the perfect dance partners for each other. They're gonna come in and they're gonna come out hot. I think Masvidal is going to come out hot because he needs a win. I think Darren Till is going to come off hot because he wants to show he belongs in the welterweight division. Um, And and again, that UK crowd is going to get strongly behind him. Um, You would almost think that it may be wise for Masvidal to take his time. I just don't see it happening. I think he flips the switch. I think he brings the fight to Darren Till, who will meet him in the middle. And these guys are just going to ride it out um that's what i'm expecting
0: a uh, hell of a fight is what that sounds like and of course you you put darren till's world-class striking because that's what he has That that's what got him to the world title fight uh he came up short but he was still there and then masvidal just that ruthless style like you mentioned earlier as well you said that he was part of those uh kimbo slice um uh, backyard brawls and he just doesn't give a damn. He, he'll go at you, and he has something to prove. Jorge Masvidal does. So does Darren Till. Do they have much to lose? I don't think so. So this is, such a, this is a very dangerous fight for both guys.
3: And that's why it's the perfect fight for St. Patrick's Day weekend yes, in sir. London. Um, you, you've got two welterweights, one of the best divisions in, in the UFC, with two guys who don't give a damn who want to prove something. And really, don't suffer a major loss if they lose. Um, you know, they they're not out of the UFC. They're not out of never getting a title shot. This, this is just a fun ass fight, and uh, I, I think we're going to see some fireworks in it.
0: I hope so. I hope so. The the British people definitely know how to throw it down. That, that that's a fact. Um, of course, sticking to this to this UFC Fight Night card. Uh, a fight that interests me a lot is Volkan Ozdemir and Dominic Reyes. Last time I saw Dominic Reyes, he was impressive, and I think he's been impressive throughout his entire career. Honestly, he's just he's 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 elusive. I like how he fights. Um, is this one of the fights that you're also highlighting in this card, or are you looking at something else?
3: Oh, absolutely! Because hey, man, we got to get some contenders at that light heavyweight division. Oh yeah, um, definitely. You know, look, I, I say what you want about John Jones, right? And, of course, he gets brought up into this conversation. But uh, the the man's going to just fight anyone and everyone. And, and at some point, I think we got to give him credit because there are big money fights, right? There, he can move up to heavyweight. He could fight Stipe. He could fight DC. He could fight Brock. He's like, I'm good. I'm at 205. Bring everybody. I'll clean him out. And then maybe in a year or so, we'll see him move up to heavyweight. But, look, we saw Anthony Smith just wasn't Anthony Smith in that fight. Um, Volkan has lost in, in a title fight uh, Now it wasn't against John But he had a chance to be in Anthony Smith's shoes He lost to Anthony Smith So Volkan in my opinion is still two wins In my opinion two wins away from another title shot But Dominic Reyes Let's say Tiago Santos is next in line And Dominic Reyes could change that With an incredible knockout performance Which by the way he has a few of those in his career we could see Santos versus Dom Reyes. We could see John take some time off. We could see uh, Dom Reyes jump Santos. Um, I think this fight almost should be the co main event because I do think Dominic Reyes has the potential to be the next title contender and, and, and be a guy who could prob- possibly give problems to John Jones. Now, we're always going to say that about the young fighter coming up with a great record who seems very dangerous. And time and time again, John Jones has prevailed against those contenders. But John or Dominic Race excuse me, is a guy who I think can make some serious noise in light heavyweight division and uh, I'm pumped for his fight against Volkan Aldemir.
0: It's going to be a hell of a fight, man, and I agree with you 100% in the fact that this should be the co-main because that's what I thought all along until I looked up the card and I'm like, oh, okay, it's Leon Edwards and Gunnar Nelson the co-main. But but yeah, man, Dominic Reyes can make a serious case for himself, and he with a win, with a spectacular win like you mentioned, he he can raise his hand for for who's next up against John Jones, and he could get picked. So it it's all a matter of timing in mixed martial arts. That goes for the fight. That goes for taking a, a fight. Um, for everything, business moves, everything. It's all. It, it's a matter of being in the right place in the right time. And if Dominic, I, I almost called him Dominic Cruz right now. I I miss Dominic Cruz. Um, if he can get a spectacular win, I agree with you, man. I think he can be a serious and legitimate contender for the light heavyweight division. But again, John Jones, he'll be there for as long as he wants to be there. He is. I I don't know a lot of people call him the goat. I think I'm still a little bit hesitant. I don't know about you. Do you think he's the goat or What? Oh uh, uh, yeah, I it? do. I do. Okay. Um, All right. I
3: I th- I think it's hard to in my opinion, I think it's hard to argue against um the record John John has put up. Um but again, there's also and I'm not saying you, but there's also so many people who now live in the entertainment side of MMA, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Conor McGregor shouldn't have come back and fought Khabib Medoff. He just shouldn't have. He should have taken a warm up fight, maybe the Diaz trilogy fight, maybe whomever. And just the same way I feel that Cody Garbrand should not have come back and fought TJ Dillashaw. It's an entertainment business. So there are people who will say John Jones is beating Anthony Smith. He's beating you know Tiago Santos or wh- whomever it may be. Um, whoever's next, and if he does win, you no, know, he's not beating guys that are. The elites are at the top. He's not beating those big money guys outside of Daniel Cormier. You know, um, Alexander Gustafson, that's great. But we saw that fight was better a few years ago. Um, you know, I think people would be jumping all over John's John, John's status as the GOAT if uh, he's beating the likes of Bay or Brock. You know, the guys that you're like, man, there's no way he could beat him. And then he goes out and beats him. I think that's when people want to talk about The greatest of all time. However, I don't even like that conversation in MMA, and I've said that before on my own podcast because I feel like the sport is so young. You know, it's twenty. The UFC's only been around twenty five years. Yes, MMA is still growing. Mm -hmm. You know, I let let's put a Mount Rushmore for divisions, and then an overall Mount Rushmore. I mean, you could come up with the best light heavyweights. You could come up with four of them. You could come up with you know four of the best. You know fighters of all time, men and women. You'd have to put some that change the game. Um, even if they aren't the greatest champions. So there's just so much. You know, we could talk about GOATs and basketball because basketball's been around for a hundred plus years. Same thing with football and baseball. We have a lot more to compare it to. So I think listen, five years ago people were saying Ronda Rousey it could be Floyd Mayweather. And now she's back it seems like she's backing out of her time in the WWE. So you know just the sport of MMA is forever changing and forever evolving and growing so i could just see the conversation of goat just doesn't really fit in MMA in my opinion
0: totally i agree with uh, with your view with your point because it's like for example i'm not, i'm going to use myself as an example because i can't think of anything else i'm 20 years old I was, i'm almost as old as the ufc okay and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I want to do with my life, and I'm not putting any labels on on my life just yet because I'm only 20 years old, so i I can totally understand where you're coming from as um, th- this conversation of the greatest of all time that, that we were referring to. It's way too early to crown anyone the goat when it's only been around for for a couple decades so yeah man I, I agree with you 100. percent I think that's a a very good take from you and um maybe in a few years we'll we can crown one of the guys as the goat right unanimously
3: yeah 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 look i think 20 years from now we could also look back and be like damn that guy really was one of the greatest of all time um but right now it's just for me it's just too early it's too early in the sport too early in a lot of careers i think what people don't understand is that we haven't even gotten a full John Jones, right, because he spent so much time away. That's and so look, scary, at, man. Oh, my he's God. 31, he's 31 years old. <laughs> yes. He's 31 years old. You look at some NBA players. You look at the mileage, like on LeBron James, where everyone says, oh, he's he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and, they, and they're they right in that. But you look at the mileage he's put on himself where, he you know, he goes to another team, and, you know, he's in L.A., and it, it just – the, the wheels have fallen off on his team, on his teammates, on him, and it just it looks like an awful decision. Now, everyone, look, I'm not advocating for John getting into legal trouble or failing uh, USADA test, but give me a picogram storyline for one year if it means John is going to be fighting until he's 36, 37. That, we're potentially talking a uh, John Jones wants to stay active this year, active next year, and we could have him for five years. I'm down with that.
0: Yeah, of course. We have to appreciate greatness when it's here. And this is a conversation that I've had on on this podcast a lot of times already that we really don't appreciate greatness when we have it right in front of our eyes. So we have John Jones here. He's a generational talent. And we really don't appreciate him because, again, it's been a lot of legal issues, like you mentioned. It's been um, he fights once a year, then he takes two years off. For whatever reason so it's scary it's scary like you mentioned as well that we haven't even seen the full version of john jones uh, that that just it, it blows my mind man it really blows my mind that we haven't seen this guy at his full potential and he has dominated a division since he was what like 21 22 years old
3: yeah yeah now he definitely uh he definitely wasn't fighting, you know, those in front of him in their prime. They were older. But when, when you know, the toughest fighters were put in front of John, he ran through them. DC, Gus, you name them, Rashad, Rampage, Chael, he ran through them all. And that's murderer's row in the light heavyweight division. And, uh, you know, he's a special talent beyond his years. And look, the, the greatest thing about that, uh, going back to, Volkan and Dominic Reyes, there's going to be someone who is going to be as hungry, as young, as talented, as skilled as John once was at that age. And uh, whether or not they're the ones who knock off John from his throne remains to be seen, but it's just fun. It's just fun, man. And, and it, you get excited of over matchups with Dominic Reyes and Volkan Uzemir because you go Man. Look, so here's the thing. John Jones has a lot of haters, but there are also people who love watching John Jones fight. I'm one of them. But you also have people who watch the rest of the division. And you're like, damn, I wonder if this is the guy who will knock John Jones off. Because once we started seeing those people who felt untouchable, especially again, since it became an entertainment sport, I'm talking the Rondas and the Connors, um, even Holly Holm when she lost her title. You know, everyone was like, man, this girl's going to be unbeatable. And then Misha Tate came back with that beautiful performance. You know, when we see guys that look untouchable lose, we're like, man, can't wait to see who the next great is to fall. You know, and, and I'll say this. I, look, I'm not saying John Jones is going to lose his title. But if you think back to like 2016, 2017, the UFC was rolling. With upsets, right? Michael Bisping became champion. Conor had mm-hmm. two belts. Ronda lost again for the second time. Cody beat Dominic Cruz. I mean, the list goes on. Max Holloway arrived. So we just, so many things. And then, like, since last year and, and, and early this year, up until Tyron Woodley lost his belt, we've lost that drama. We've lost that, like, we, we've gotten all the outside drama. You saw to this, you saw to that um arrest here arrest there uh fighter pull out here fighter pull out there we haven't seen titles remember rose on the Unis, Doug rose like how great was that that was awesome you know what i'm saying like we're we're missing that right now in the ufc so uh, when i watch a fight and i get ready for a fight like volkan uzdemir versus dom reyes i'm like damn could this be the guy that turns the light heavyweight division upside down i don't know man i think we'll find out a lot about dominic Reyes. When he takes on Volkanousimir this weekend,
0: such an intriguing card, um, that's for sure. And before I let you go, Mike, let's uh, let's talk about Conor McGregor. You brought him up a couple times here in in this conversation, and let's talk about what happened in Miami. Uh, he got arrested for whatever the hell he got arrested. He smashed the fans' phone or something like that. I mean, are we ever gonna see the Conor McGregor of old, or is he just he's lost?
3: man i wish i could tell you you know um as someone who has been very open as i have in saying that you know the first fight i ever watched and i know i know purists of this sport are gonna hate this but uh first fight i ever watched was a connor fight he's the reason i got into the sport it sucks to see a guy that you followed his entire career and or you went back and learned his entire career see him go down this road but at the end of the day, and I'm going to sound like I'm protecting him, I'm not. It's, it's nuts. You don't have to do it. But uh, I, I, I honestly wonder if Connor just understands how big of a star he is, right? Because you can say UFC to anyone, and they're going to run to Connor. They're not running to Ronda anymore. They're not running to John Jones anymore. Once Connor became that Irish loudmouth dude who fought Floyd Mayweather, He has become the definition to the casual fan of what the UFC is. And to be honest, getting arrested for breaking a phone or smashing a a bus window with a dolly, that's not what the UFC is, it's not what martial arts is about. You know, there was something so great about a humble, hungry Conor McGregor. And now he almost seems like the good guy who turned villain that still believes. He's that young, humble guy. We, we see right through it. Uh, uh, the media, fans, everyone, you're, you're promoting Proper 12 more than focusing on the fight. You're bringing in, you know, Connor wasn't about the storylines before he fought Nate Diaz. He was all about just reaching the top, you know? And, and I say that because, yeah, he cared about becoming champ champ, but that was his legacy. Now Connor just cares about his bank account. And when your legacy becomes about your bank account, I I think you start to take away from yourself as a fighter. Um, Now, the one thing I'll give this man credit for every single day is he believes in himself. So who am I to say Conor McGregor will never get back to the dude who stiffened Eddie Alvarez in two rounds or embarrassed Jose Aldo in 13 seconds or came back and no matter how you have it, he he did beat Nate Diaz at, at a welterweight. You know, I don't know if Conor McGregor wants to go back to that. I think the talent is there, but at the end of the day, Alex, it's not about if Conor McGregor can go back. It's about does Conor McGregor want to go back mm-hmm. to his old self because mm-hmm. that, that, that's all we're waiting for. We're just waiting for that, that switch to flip in him. And I think I, I think he knows that. Yeah, And I think that's what makes him special. He could cut all the BS out and just be Conor McGregor, the fighter again. And look, either he's taken a page out of John Jones's book, except John Jones didn't lose. And he knows that the UFC will stand by him no matter all his legal issues. Or he's going to see his back against the wall. And I'll, I'll credit a former opponent of Conor, Max Holloway, with one of my favorite quotes ever. When your back's against the wall, you get to see everything in front of you. So I think if we back Conor or if Conor McGregor backs himself into a corner, but it, and, and he has nowhere else to go, he's gonna see that it's time to put up or shut up. And proper twelve whiskey, may be booming, and, and he may have plenty of money to never fight again. Mm-hmm. But again, that's where it comes down to: what's your legacy about, Conor? Becoming yeah. a guy who went from uh, you know, dirt to riches. Or, or one of the best UFC fighters who changed the game, because right now it's it's a little bit of both, but it's heading in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, and it's so sad because he's he's a fun guy to watch. the The build up to all of his fights are unbelievable. It is unique in any sport. You you mentioned the casual fans right now, and a casual fan can get engaged into a build up for one of Connor's fights without watching a single MMA bout ever you know so yeah that's just the attraction that Conor McGregor has and it's it's truly sad that we don't have that right now we don't have Conor McGregor we don't have him at 100% I can almost guarantee you that that fight against Khabib he wasn't 100% maybe he thought that his boxing was going to be way superior. And that's how he was going to get over the, the beast that Khabib is. And it clearly backfired. He looked very one-dimensional. And it just it, it left a sour taste in my mouth. Not just for what happened after. We, that, that's a different story. But the performance was just so lackluster, man. It, it was such a... It, he fell flat. And I can guarantee you that if if it was 2015 Conor McGregor against 2018 Khabib, it would have been a different fight. Maybe Khabib would have won. I'm not saying that that Khabib would would have gotten smoked or whatever. But I'm pretty sure McGregor would have given him a much better fight than what he did. And it's sad because the talent is there. And like you said, he he has half of his legacy. He needs to build. The 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 final half. How old is he? Like thirty now or twenty nine? Yeah, okay He's thirty years old. So he has that last part of his career to finish. Which are we ever gonna see it? I hope we do. I hope we see him by the end of two thousand nineteen. The talks between him and and Cowboy kind of fell through, and it looks like it's not gonna happen anymore. So, hey man. Also, I gotta say one more thing before we wrap up. If Conor McGregor doesn't want to do it anymore then he just he shouldn't even do it because if there's one thing you don't half ass in this world it's a fight and if you're not fully in it you're gonna get your ass whooped so i hope that connor's either all in or just you know gets the fuck out with his money with his brains still speaking properly and he still has his businesses and also he's gonna he pays a lot of money in lawsuits and lawyers and stuff like that so i don't know he's probably gonna have to fight at some point right
3: oh yeah look i i think i think we'll see connor and look the ufc's dumb for for wanting to put uh put connor in a co-main event that is ridiculous i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this optimistically um Having a Valentina Shevchenko, Jessica I co-main event is the perfect pay-per-view for Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone to headline because there's a women's title fight on the line. They're going to stack the card with some female fights. And yes, I'm saying it because it's coming to Chicago. And yes, yes I want to see that fight mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. But and, and look, Conor, Conor will be in Chicago on Friday uh, this week, you know, promoting proper 12. Um, This is a market he wants to get into, Um, and and look, you may see this. You know, I have a buddy who's been telling me this for a while now that Conor wants to kind of corner the market, fight in markets where uh, he believes he can also grow proper twelve. And you know, we've seen it in Vegas, Um, Chicago could be next, Uh, Dallas and New York, those places could be next. Um, But look, he's gonna fight again. He he's going to fight again. But what we have to wonder is. What, le, Connor cannot chase proving everyone wrong. He just needs to prove himself right. He needs to prove to himself that he's still a top uh, fighter in this sport. He needs to prove to himself that he's still hungry for a title. Um, you know, I, look, I almost want to say take the Cody Garbrandt pr- approach. You know, this guy could have waited around for John Lineker or Dominic Cruz or whomever. Um, but he was like, no, nah, I'll take Pedro Munoz. No, it didn't work out for him. And it may not work out uh, for Conor against Cowboy, but you know what? Um, People would just like to see Conor McGregor the fighter again. Not the entertainer, not the megastar, not, you know, the entertainer. We just want to see Conor McGregor the fighter. That's all fight fans want.
0: Mic drop. No (laughs) pun intended. All right, my man. Thank you so much for joining the Dirty Brawlers podcast. Do you want to plug anything away before you go?
3: Uh, I mean, I have my, my podcast on the mic, which is on iTunes and, and Google Play. Um, coming to more outlets soon, hopefully. Um, other than that, uh, usually on like big pay-per-view weeks, you can catch a lot of work I do for BJPen.com, um and my MMA news. But other than that, I don't have anything really I'm working on. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I know that um, you you are – greatness in this, in this media world and uh, i'm happy you started up this podcast and uh thankful you had me on um so more than plugging myself i just want to say i'm super excited for you and uh can't wait to see what you do with this show
0: thank you very much my man your words are highly appreciated and you will be a recurring guest guarantee that
3: well i appreciate it man and uh, again i wish you nothing but the best
0: same to you brother take care enjoy the fights you as well all right guys and that'll do it for the second episode of the dirty brawlers podcast remember you can follow the show on twitter facebook and instagram at dirty brawlers and you can subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts and on spotify just look up dirty brawlers and we should come up because we are the only dirty brawlers on all social media and internet and all of that good stuff You can follow me on Twitter at AlexPerezFC if you want to talk some fights, you want to talk sports, whatever you want to talk about, there I am at AlexPerezFC. From the guests, Mike Pendleton, Ronaldo Gonzalez, Miguel Ocampo, from myself, Alex Perez, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the second episode and we will expect you for the third and for the fourth and for all of them. Thank you very much. Take care. Enjoy the fights.